Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Episode 51 of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. I am your host, Floyd Johnson, and with me today is... (laughs) (laughs) Tiffany, how are you doing today, Tiffany? I am good, I'm good. How are you? Just fine. How does it feel to be the heart and soul of all the league wrestling. <laughs> I'm still not over it, honestly. That was, I'm so happy you were there to witness it, and that was probably the best night of my life. So I'm still uh, watching the videos kind of like to, to know it actually happened because it was just so surreal that uh, just to know it happened isn't enough. I need to be able to visually see it to really believe it. But, yeah, Cloud9. I'm still on Cloud9 for sure. It, it, what's crazy is I I still like watching one today because I'm next to you. And, you know, I'm sitting there like, I don't, you know, like we're going to get Cody after the show. And I'm just like making sure you get him. Like, I hope you get to get to Cody. I knew how disappointed you will be if that wouldn't have worked. And then it started happening, and I just like, wow, I was there for that. I still will say that. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> Don't, I mean, it was, I was going to say, even, even when, uh, when we moved up to the second row, when people left after the very last, or during the very last match, and Sam uh, told me, come on up to the guardrail after, I still just thought that it was, because Cody was going to come out after and hopefully get a ringside selfie because we know he comes out after the shows, especially when he's not on the actual show. So I knew, you know, Sam knows what Cody means to me. So I was at that point, I still had no clue because I just, you know, no matter what, I don't expect anything and, you know, I never do. So, you know, when Sam told me to come up after the last match, I just kind of came up thinking, okay, well, this will give me a really good chance to see 
say hi to Cody when he comes around after, you know, after he comes out, says some stuff, and then comes around and tries to greet as many fans as he can. So even then, I had no idea. And I even asked Sam, I was like, hey, do you think Cody's going to come out? And he was like, oh, he should. He wasn't on the show, so he should come out. And he played it off. But then I noticed him, like, send a text the minute that I asked that, right after. And I still think now I'm wondering if it was maybe him telling Cody that I had no idea because I truly did it. So um, that was just something where until Cody literally was like, you know, we have a very, very special fan. And, uh, you know, that was when I thought maybe. But even then, I still doubted it. But when he said she's responsible for Heart of the Elite, I just had tears in my eyes. And it was just like, this is happening. And I know Floyd was probably a few feet away from me saying, it's happening. I think that's what's on your video. He's yes. just like, he realized it. So, Yeah, as soon as he started doing the intro, I, I knew it was you. And when they talk about having a super fan in the audience, I was like, there's no, no, there's no one else. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, just, I just didn't think I like, like if they would have said anyone else's name, I probably would have walked out. I would have been angry. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny too, because Cody loves to exaggerate. So of course he says she's been to like 800 AEW events when we know there haven't been 800. <laughs> and uh, back when he did, NWA 70, um, I'm sure a lot of you remember the story where he announced to everybody that it was my 1,000th show with him and wrote that on the 8x10 he signed. So we're up to like 1,800 shows, which, you know, some people, when I said that as a joke, they were like, well, I'd believe it, you know, as many years as you've been seeing him. But still, I, I just have to say how much I love Cody's exaggerations. They always make me smile. So that was pretty amazing. I, I don't know if I'll ever get over that night. I, d I don't think I will either. I am very big that my AEW moment was being in the first row when Arn came in and did the spine buster. I have to say it probably replaces that moment for me because it was just. That's pretty huge. <laughs> yeah, because it was just, it was just, you know, it was what, it was what, what was, it was what was supposed to happen, even though you don't think it was supposed to happen. You know, it, that's what was <laughs> supposed to happen. It's. Why AEW, uh, to me, is going – their fan service beats everyone else's. You know what I mean? Definitely. I've never heard Definitely. of that happening at any company. Like, in the youth, bringing in a, a super fan. You know what I mean? Uh, right, I, I, right. I was to say, there was really no special circumstances other than them being in your city. You know, like – Generally, there'll be some kind of special circumstance for them to do something like that for someone. And it's like there was no special circumstance. It was just them showing love for a hardcore fan. And that is, like I yeah. said, it's going it's it's what's going to keep them separate. I know as they get larger, they probably won't be able to do that kind of stuff. It's just one of those things I will say I hope they can continue to do it because – just think about that. You know, it's not something I expect them to do for anyone else, really. But it's just the idea that they recognize their fans to that level is pretty remarkable. And the fact that, you know, I mean, I, I even said it. Anyone, I have been called several times by friends the biggest Cody fan. And I always stop them and I pause as I know. I might be number two. 
<laughs> like, but they're, 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 I was like, well, there's Tiffany, there's a Grand Canyon, and then there's number two. So, that, so I, I love that. I it, love it. It, 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 like, so I was like, I might be number two. I don't know. I like we know some pretty, we know some other you know pretty big uh, Cody fans. So, uh, but I always say it, it's Tiffany with a bullet. It's not even close. <laughs> but yeah, I really did want you to get a chance to talk about it because last week's show we didn't we couldn't coordinate to talk about it. So I at least wanted so you be able to say something about it on the show. We had a great time in Kansas City. We're crazy. We did Kansas City. Uh, I drove up for the Kansas City show. We did Kansas City. I drove back home, chilled for a day, and then jumped. We both jumped on the flights to go to Chicago. Um, Let's see. I'm going to ask you a tough question that I didn't prepare you for. So if you need to take a second, uh, you can. What was your favorite thing okay. that happened that weekend? Oh, in Chicago? Yeah. Oh, goodness. Um, yeah, right? Well, you I, <laughs> I know. He likes to do this to me. He's like, oh, by the way, I have this question that you have absolutely no preparation for. Um, but it's kind of fun to do it that way. Um, I would have to say... Probably for me, um, getting Cody's blessing on my tattoo that I've been wanting to do for a long time. It's ironic that um, he obviously was covering something uh, at C2E2 all day. Bless his heart for committing to that. Um, Not wanting to reveal his tattoo until the uh, pay-per-view. So I thought that that was such a Cody thing to do that he's just going to literally rock his very nice expensive suit with a Young Bucks scarf just so that he can get that reveal at the pay-per-view because that's, like I said, that's just such a Cody thing to do. So um, it's just funny because I have been meaning to ask him for his blessing, and I don't like to take advantage of DMing him very often, so I usually just don't um, because, you know, I I don't want to be that person. So I try to save things for when I see him in person. So I was like, okay, I'm going to ask him if he can give me his blessing on the Nightmare Family tattoo that I've had designed that I've been wanting since the summertime. And so it's just funny that the time I asked him is when he got his. So, again, that's just how our, our friendship works. So it just kind of makes me laugh. But at C2E2, I did uh, get to, obviously, we did the meet and greet with Cody and the Bucks, which is always a good time to see them three together. I absolutely just adore them, especially as a trio. They just are put out the best vibes and they're so much fun and I love Matt and Nick but of course seeing Cody is always a highlight and uh showing him the tattoo and getting his blessing and now it's just a factor of when and when and where and how we're going to make it happen so it's uh it was really exciting for me to be able to get his blessing finally and also the fact the irony of it that I asked once (laughs) when he was literally covering up his brand new (laughs) nightmare family tattoo so I that was really cool but honestly the whole weekend we just had so much fun um the panel at C2E2, the first half, was a lot of fun. Again, it has to do with the that just watching Cody and the Bucks talk. I would have preferred the whole hour to just be them talking with Excalibur versus the Q&A. I think Floyd and I agree on that. Um, the Q&As tend to get a little out of hand, and uh, some of the questions are just kind of out there. But, again, it was still a the great question, time. And then just, The questions are trash. Oh, go ahead. The questions are trash. Yeah, they're, I'm being nice, <laughs> but, yeah, they're bad questions. <laughs> they're not good. Um, but C2E2 in general was uh, was fun um, getting to just, you know, do the panel and see them. 
And, I mean, Floyd and I got Stan's Donuts, which was delicious, and I'm still missing those donuts. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we got to see a lot of friends. The show was a lot of fun. I mean, got to witness that tag match. I mean, it, it was overall just another exceptional weekend of AEW fun with my buddy Floyd. So, I, I yeah, the highlight would have to be getting the uh, Cody's Blessing on the tattoo. But overall, I mean, just an absolute stellar weekend. Yes, uh, my highlight of the week was my White Castles. No, I'm just kidding. Just <laughs> kidding. I'm just kidding. It was that whole only em- half kidding. The, the, the environment that they set up. I talk about it a lot with All In and things like that, but the fact that you're just walking around and you see Tony Schiavone, you see Sonny Kiss, you see all the people from the company just standing there and they're super friendly i got to talk to sammy tell him i was getting him his shirt it's just that environment though it does i know we are fans and they are the performers aw has a great does a great job of making it feel like a family and it makes it feel like a family atmosphere you're not just supporting these random people you're supporting the company. You're supporting the people. You meet and see the people. They know your face because you're at so many things. It's like, yeah. Now, I, I will tell anyone, I've said this on the show before, but this is for any new listeners we picking up. Rocking around with Tiffany is like walking around with someone from the company. I'm not, not kidding. <laughs> people recognize her. They hug her. They want pictures. We had these really nice people that, you know, we went to Pro Wrestling Tees, and they wanted a picture with Tiffany, and they threw me in there. And I was so happy. I mean, I was so happy, but I knew it was a pity <laughs> picture. I knew it was a pity picture because, you know, I'm not Tiffany. I am the, I'm the guy that stands behind Tiffany, which I'm perfect. <laughs> Tiffany knows I am perfectly fine with that. I tell her all the time. I couldn't handle your level, even your level of fame, because I'm just not, you know, even though I'm friendly, I'm more of, I don't think, I, I'm more friendly, I'm just not one of those people that, like, hey, let's take 900 pictures. That's Tiffany. That is it. <laughs> it's pretty wild, but, but it's fun, and I yeah. love meeting everybody, yeah. so it's, it's a great time. Yeah, your full name is World Famous. Heart of the Elite. Heart and soul of the Elite, excuse me. Yeah, you, you know, it, depending on which introduction, which yeah. Cody, he put over the channel, and then Justin Roberts said that I was the true heart and soul of All Elite Wrestling, which I will, as long as I live, never get over, because that was by far the best compliment anyone could ever pay me, and I will hold that very near and dear to my heart and always try to hold true to that uh, exceptional title. So just no words. Just remember, when you're listening to this show, you are listening to the heart and soul of All Elite Wrestling, Tiffany, on one week. (laughs) The next week, you're listening to the most positive person on the planet, Amy. And then, you know who's hosting? Me. Yeah, that guy. You know, fool it. Don't worry about it. You're so much more than that. Stop it. So, But, uh, yeah, we're going to get to start the show. We're not going to try to keep you too long today. But uh, I want to start the show reminding you this episode of All Things Elite is brought to you by Power Slam TV. Power Slam TV, where you get access to over 4,000 hours of content from over 110 uh, 10 of your favorite wrestling brands from countries are all around the globe right onto your laptop and mobile device. If you use the code Social Suplex, you get the first month free. 
also want to remind you, make sure you are downloading our show on Google or Apple Podcasts, uh, or you're listening to us on our uh, content provider, Red Circle. Uh, you can either follow Social Suplex or you can follow All Things Elite Channel on its own. Either way, download. Uh, if you are on uh, Google Podcasts and Apple, I believe you can leave ratings and reviews. Red Circle does not have that option yet. So, you know, that kind of thing. Leave reviews, let us know. But they do have something better than a rating review. They have a donate button. You ever want to just press that button, throw us a few bucks, it will only go to making this show better. That's the only thing I will. Uh, that's the only thing we will ever use this. Uh, use that money for. Uh, on Twitter, please be f- follow us at AT Elite Pod or at Social Suplex. You can follow at uh, Tiffany at All Elite Tiffany, or you can follow uh, Amy at Phoenix AEW or me at Floyd Johnson Jr. Again, I would rather you put that attention to the podcast at AT Elite Pod. So that is all of that. Now we can actually talk about wrestling. We already talked about our uh, we already talked about our weekend in Chicago. Uh, I put this over on the uh, I put this over on Twitter, and I would definitely like to say it again. I think I love Cody more than anything, but the best experience live live wrestling experience right now. I do go to WWE. I go to other shows. But the best live wrestling experience now, and Tiffany, you can tell me if you disagree, is the sing-along with Judas right now. It's just such a powerful, like, event, especially in, like, at uh, Revolution when they had the acapella choir singing to begin with and then the fans sang along. It's just a pretty good event. It's just an amazing event. I don't ever sing because, you know, I'm not really a big fan of the song, which is weird. I know sacrilege, but Tiffany sings. So I what, do, I do. I it, I think it's fantastic. I love it. Um, I hope it continues, and I worry that that if uh, Chris Jericho does take any bit of time off, you know, for the tour, I just hope that when he comes back, that it continues. Um, but we'll talk about more about that when we talk about Dynamite. But regardless, I don't. I don't think it'll phase out anytime soon. Even if he does take a here and there a Wednesday night off for for his tour, um, it's it's just so huge. Like it's over. What's going on? And it's funny when there's a few people randomly who get kind of uh, upset about it. They're like, "Oh, he's a he's a heel. He shouldn't sing along." No, he's he's Chris freaking Jericho. Okay, like he is. You know, and I know that some will argue, but in my opinion, the greatest to ever do it. If you're a pro wrestler right now and you're not, and Chris Jericho isn't your end game goal of what you want to do in your career, then you should just stop wrestling because he's just, he's everything. I mean, he just was voted the 2019 Wrestler of the Year, and and it's well-deserved. I mean, he's he is just at the top of his game, and the thing is, he's always at the top of his game. Like, he's never not, and... So yeah, if it's uh, heel, good guy, bad guy, whatever, if you sing it along to Judas, it's a great thing to do. Like I, I can't imagine people that get mad about that. I know it's a handful, so it doesn't really matter. But you see the comments, and I'm just kind of like, what? Like, no, that's absolute 
perfect fan participation. And when you hear it, whether you're in the arena experiencing it, which is just really, really cool, or even just watching it on TV, I just think it comes across so cool that once the music ends and then the fans carry out the next, you know, verse, it, it's just great. And I agree with Floyd. It's, it's definitely at the top of the list of live event experiences right now. It, it's just so cool. And I'm so glad that, you know, um, the joke, of course, is that I started it at Double or Nothing because um, there's even a gif of me singing it. But, but truthfully, just seeing it get bigger and bigger and on the Jericho Cruise, it was huge and it's just become a thing now. Like, I love it. I love that it's become a thing. Yeah, I definitely. It's just like I said, if I, uh, you know, I, I've been called an AEW shill and I'm okay with that. You, but definitely go to AEWTicks.com when they come to your event, your area, uh, you know, buy the ticket, go to the show and just sing it with your heart out. It's just, this is what you do. It's just what you do. Uh, it, I, it's fun. It's like, it's become like a staple of AEW, which is kind of cool. I like that about it. Uh, yeah, just, for sure. Before we get to Dynamite Night Review, Dark, there was only one match on Dark this week. It was Yuka Sakazaki and Rio versus Penelope Ford and Britt Baker. It was this, a match shot before uh, it was shot before a revolution. We were at that. Uh, so um, Britt Baker taps out Rio. Uh, with the what is it? it's lockjaw is that what it's called? So lockjaw, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Britt Baker and Penelope Ford pick up the win, and then I was just uh, it was really it was, I thought it was a pretty uh, you know decent match. Uh, towards the end, there was a little bit of a miscommunication. I just I, I it actually amused me at that time, but uh, there was another one on. Dynamite that did not amuse me. You'll hear that back. You'll probably hear me get about as angry as I ever get today on this Dynamite review. That's what you call, you know, setting up the rest of the show. Uh, so here we go. Dynamite review, March 4th, 2020 from Denver uh, or Broomfield, Colorado, which I hate Denver because I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan, so I actually hate the city. But I made an exception because – I made the exception because AEW is there, and Denver was freaking lit. Man, that crowd was crazy. Yeah, that was an amazing crowd. Wow, man, they really were. I th- and I have to say real quick that we were in the crowd, but Kansas City was on fire, too. And I know I'm biased because it's from where I'm from, but even Cody said at C2E2, he kept talking about how great Kansas City crowd was. And, and so that really – and he didn't even have a segment, so – the fact that he was just back there at production watching and, and was so impressed by the Kansas City crowd, I was very excited to hear that because I feel like that's a good sign of them coming back. And then, of course, like Floyd said, Denver, man, on fire, start to finish, and I just love it. There's nothing better than the crowd putting into the show what the wrestlers are putting in for us, and it just comes off great on TV when you get to hear that fire crowd just like, going crazy so i absolutely agree denver was on fire it's crazy what happens when you put on good shows every week and you just put on good wrestling what the crowd will do it's (laughs) like i was once told crowds are super snarky and they just want to go against the they just want to go against the product i've been told I've, i've heard this before talking about a different company and I've heard that from people in that company that you you know what you just can't you can't do it with crowds anymore. They want to cheer for the they just want to cheer for the bad guys and they want to beer the boo the good guys and it's just it, we're just living this ironic age and 
the day of the old school wrestling crowd is gone. Well, uh, I've been seeing this old school wrestling crowd like every week, you know, and it's they seem to be into yeah. it, and they seem to be cheering the people they're supposed to cheer and booing the people they're supposed to boo, and I'm just like, huh, maybe it's not the fans. Maybe, maybe not taking any shots, but might not be the fans. You know, the fans might not be the issue. But uh, as we kick off Dynamite, we kick off with the new AEW World Champion, John Moxley. Uh, dude, his entrance is so simple, but he looks like such a badass every time. He does. Yeah, so he gets into the ring, and dude, and he's just going off the cuff. And he says, you know, he thanks the fans and says this belt doesn't belong to him. It belongs to the fans. And he's happy that they brought pro wrestling back, which big celebration. And then he tells Chris Jericho and the inner circle, inner circle you can come at him. He dares you. And speaking of the best moment in wrestling, the Judas music hits. And out comes Chris Jericho with the inner circle. He tells them that the inner circle has been friendly and nice, but now they are a hit squad and everybody's on notice. He then guarantees, he, he then guarantees that Mo, John Moxley will not walk out the, uh, walk out of the arena tonight on his own power. If he does walk out of the ring on his own power, Chris Jericho will not take 30, but will take a 60-day sabbatical. John Marksley said, we're going to basically, I'm going to make you look like a stupid, I think he said son of a bitch, and send you packing for 60 days. Now, I don't know if you can remember, at this point, what were you thinking? Do you remember? Um, I think, you know, I was thinking what everybody was thinking, um, that... Chris Jericho was taken off 60 days to go tour with Bonnie. I mean, it, it was a, it was a obvious to me what I thought was an obvious setup with a great way of doing it and working it into the show. Um, we'll touch on the brilliance of that as the, as we get towards the end of the show. But yeah, I mean, I think it, it was pretty widely uh, agreed upon that we all kind of said, okay, that's how we're getting rid of Chris Jericho for 60 days. Um, and so, yeah, that, I think that's where most of our brains were at at that point. I can say this, and I actually messaged a friend when this was happening, thinking that it might be a red herring, uh, because just like I was like, man, this just seems like the, 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 in my mind, and this is what I put in the message. Almost too good. <laughs> it seems the idea seems too much like WWE to me. The idea, that, right, right, yeah, you, you know, that he would do this right before the tour. So I was like. I smell something fishy, and that only comes from the idea that I've been wrong so much with AEW. Trying to yeah, and I feel that I feel I totally get um, get you on that. I just like kind of it was one of those things where I didn't think. I I mean I, I get what you're saying, and I kind of like it makes sense, but it was kind of one of those. Well, what else can they do? Kind of thing. They almost it, didn't absolutely. really have a choice. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I and I understood where everybody else was. It was just every time. For me, and this is like, it might not be everyone else, but for me, every time I think I know the direction AEW is going, 
they do something different. Like, I knew Chris no, Jericho. No, 100% agree. <laughs> I knew Chris Jericho was beating John Moxley at Revolution. I knew it. 100%. Uh, like, I, we do this little prediction sheet with my friends, and you can put confidence points. I put all my confidence behind Chris Jericho retaining. No, it didn't happen. It was just like, and, <laughs> and that happens more times than not with AEW. They don't have predictable booking yet. It's like amazing to me, but that's how. Yeah, and I'm. I would say not even yet. I, I just think that they what they're doing works, and they they're not predictable. And I mean, anytime I list my predictions, I literally I'm just sitting there when I do my prediction videos. I'm like, um, it could go either way, and that's the best feeling in the world when you genuinely don't know who's going to win. So I love that. Yeah, I definitely. Uh, the next match, uh, we get a four-on-four uh, four four match, eight-man tag. We get SCU and the debuting Boom Boom Colt Cabana against the Dark Order. Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds. I, I have to say, the best decision John Silver and Alex Reynolds ever made was joining the Dark Order. Just saying. They're on TV, you know, they win some, you know. Come on. That was a great decision. Uh, uh, Tony Schiavone reminds you that the Dark Order are the number one ranked tag team in AEW. Uh, the result of this match is Chicago, uh, Chicago's own Cole Cabana got the pinfall victory after he hit Reynolds, I believe, with the Chicago skyline and the Superman finisher. Uh, then Evil Uno says this is not how it's supposed to go. When the Exalted One arrives, heads will roll. You know, I don't, I'm going to ask, do you remember a more anticipated, uh, uh, anticipated reveal than the Dark Order's Exalted One in wrestling? Like, um, I mean, it's, no, I don't. I mean, it's the, the fact that it's just, so talked about and every little piece that drops, um, whether it's on Dynamite or on Twitter, whatever, that everybody is just zooming in and changing the color scheme to find the little hidden messages in the graphics. Um, it's, it's, it's so, I mean, it's funny too, because you and I, I'm sure we could go back on the show and find when we both said, give the Dark Order a chance. Um, I want to like them. I just need a reason to care. But I have full faith that AEW will give me that reason. It's just brand new. People just, you know, we've always preached patience. And here we are. I mean, it, it's so talked about. It's so anticipated. Um, and I love the build. I love the slow build. I, I don't think that everything needs to happen in one night. So, I, yeah, it, it's definitely... I think if you would have a few months ago asked a lot of people who are just as invested now, if they would have believed us when we said, hey, just be patient, but this is going to pay off, they probably wouldn't have believed us, but I think they do now. <laughs> yes, I am 100% behind patience. Again, I get called the AEW Shield, but, you know, as you know, people, they're doing this for the first time, weekly TV. They're, it's, you know, people are going to find their niche, they're going to get better. And it's just like this whole Dark Order is just proof of concept. It's like, you might not have understood it at the beginning. We're going to get there eventually. Uh, I love how everyone's trying to guess who the Exalted One is. Uh, I am sticking with my pick of Marty. The 
only reason I'm sticking with it, and I'm going to tell you, I am confident I'm wrong. But I'm sticking with it because in case I'm right, I get to brag about it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I just don't want to – I don't – if you throw out, like, if you throw out 11 names – and then it's one of those 11 names. Do you really get to brag about it? It's like, yeah, you guess like 100 times. You got to commit. Yeah. I, I respect the commitment. I, I'm like, <laughs> I know I'm wrong. I, I am like 98% sure I'm wrong. But if I'm right, I get to talk about it. Be like, I'm the one that's been saying it in the beginning. I never left off that person. I know, I know. I shouldn't be this way, but I am. So, you know, no one's perfect. You know, not even me. <laughs> no but uh um, pretty close though pretty yes close. now do you and i know i know you want to let it happen i do do you have a guess you know i my I, only guess is that it's not matt hardy and not brody lee um i tweeted that out on uh, wednesday and the tweet just went crazy i did not expect anyone to really care about it it was just kind of a thought where i, I said what if Matt Hardy and Brody Lee are, are both coming to AEW and neither is the exalted one. And people were just like, wait, what? And I think that AEW has done such a phenomenal job of making you believe that it's Matt Hardy. Uh, I just don't think it is. I, 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 and, and if it is, I won't be mad. I'm not saying it's predictable. I'm not like, I won't be mad if it is. I mean, it's not, it's you're not coming from a place of like, you know, that it would be a bad or let down. I mean, I'm just excited to, to feel like it's pretty certain Matt Hardy is coming to AEW. So that in itself is just nothing but a positive, no matter what he does. I just don't think it's him. And, uh, and then Brody Lee, a little more likely that it could be versus at least in my opinion of it being Matt. But I feel like I don't think it's either one. And I think it's going to be a complete swerve and people are, and I think it's going to pay off because I feel like I'm pretty confident that AEW has, really good payoffs when things happen. So I am excited to see who it is, but I, I don't have a prediction of who I think it is, except I, there's a, a part of me that actually agrees with Floyd, which might blow his mind. There's, I don't think it's completely out of the question that it could be Marty still. Um, we are in a point in wrestling that with the exception of WWE companies are working together. And if let's just say that Marty is, the exalted one and was always going to be the exalted one. What a better way for people to truly just absolutely remove him from the equation than to have him do what he's doing in pro wrestling right now. I mean, it's not likely, but it's possible. And so I'm not going to totally step away from that prediction either. But as far as my predictions, more of who it's not. And I'm going to go on record and saying, I don't think it's Matt Hardy and I do not think it's Brody Lee. All right. Well, I, I actually agree with both of those. I don't think either one, I don't think it makes sense for either one to me. Matt Hardy's, you know, broken character was never really evil. You know what I mean? It was always campy right. and funny, but it was never evil. So I don't know if that makes sense, but we will see. I think Matt Hardy can pull it off. He's fucking talented. So don't get me wrong. I think he could. He would definitely pull it off. I just think too many signs are pointing at it for me to believe that that's who it is. Absolutely. All right. So then the best music in wrestling comes on, the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes, and then they had the nerve to go during the commercial during his entrance. Oh, boy, don't get me started on that. That's what I was trying to do was get you started on that. 
<laughs> well, you did. <laughs> I, I was very sad about that. Uh, I am grateful to people in the crowd of Denver. More than one has taped or recorded the uh, the in-between and, and tweeted it to me. So thank you to everyone who did that. Um, it means a lot that, you know, you're sitting in a crowded dynamite. You take a, a video of Cody during the commercial break, and your first thought is make sure you tweet it to Tiffany. So that means a lot. So thank you for that. Um, but, yeah, I was, I'm was i sitting there, and he's coming out. And I'm like, oh, it's time. It's Cody time. And I'm tweeting, and I'm excited. And then the next thing I know, it goes to a commercial. And, no, it's not a split-screen commercial. It's a downright commercial. And I was very, very angry about this. And I posted an all-caps tweet about it because that's what I do. And, yeah, I was I was very disappointed. I'm like, you do not go to a commercial, a full commercial, when Cody Rhodes is in the ring. You just don't do that. So I was I was I say this with, like, lighthearted anger because I'm not really angry about it. But I was very upset at the time. Um, but I, I know they there's a lot going on, and they have to do what they have to do. And it's Cody, and, you know, Cody's always willing to be the one to – do whatever needs to be done for the company. So, yeah, it, it's fine. But I was not fine at the time. I was very sad because I, I, I was robbed of Cody time on TV. But, yes, as Floyd pointed out, he, he wanted to get me going, so here we go. But, yeah, I, I, I was very sad when it happened, but I'm very grateful to the people who decided to uh, make sure they tweeted me the uh, commercial break. You guys are awesome. And what followed, well, I'll let Floyd continue with that. <laughs> All right. So uh, Jim Ross- We need to talk about this. Jim Ross lets us know Cody's taking over the arena. They genuine love on the athlete. Uh, and it's like, uh, but he talks about broaching the subject of personally lose the MJF. I can tell you professionally what it means, but the only way I'd be comfortable if MJ comes here right now, MJF comes out right now, looks me in the eye and tell me he beat me fair and square, which, come on, all right, that ain't going to happen. Instead of MJF, we hear music that we've never heard before. And on the graphic, you see the name Jake the Snake. And then you see Jake the Snake Roberts. I'm like, what? I just like, all I put was WTF. And I had to add another one after this. Uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, Legend Comes Out. I initially thought, I don't know what you thought, I didn't know what to think, but I initially thought he was coming out to give Cody a pep talk, telling him he probably had to go a little dirty to beat MJF. No, 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 that's not what he did. He said, I hate to spoil the party, but he was tired of hearing Cody cry through his whole 30-year or 20-year career. uh, He had never cried over one match. He says, I am not here to praise you. I'm here to slay you. Perfect line. Jake Roberts, perfect at this. The only reason I'm here is because the dark side will be coming to AEW, and once our roots have taken hold, it'll be like a phoenix rising from the ashes. So he did make a reference to Cody being the uh, like the alliance. So I'm guessing this dark side is more of a uh, Star Wars reference. And he says it's been 20 years to uh, to get clean and to get right. Everybody celebrated that because very happy for him. You think for one minute that I'm going to be a nice boy and play right. My man, you've got another thing coming. I will be on the outside of the ring when his client faces him. And you can bring that one-trick pony Arn Anderson with you. Okay, I got to say, that's that was like a stab to the heart. And... <laughs> And then he said, oh, Caesar, you see, I'm not an AEW. Take the whole pie, just your share. 
he made a lot of references to Caesar, and you hear a lot of people on the internet referring to the Ides of March. And then he ended with this perfect line. A wise man once told me, you never turn your back on someone who you respect or who you're afraid of. At that moment, Jake Roberts immediately turns his back to leave the ring and throws the mic over his shoulder. Oh, my God. There's so much to unpack here. Tiffany, what was your reaction? I, more than anything, just shocked. Um, obviously, that was the last thing that any of us expected to happen. Um, I, I don't know that I thought MJF was going to come out and clearly he wasn't going to come out and say, I beat you fair and square to Cody, but it, it started off um, very much like you, Cody, coming out and, and getting on the mic, and I thought that it was going to be some form of continuation of that with him and Max. Um Never in my wildest dreams would I have thought Jake Snake would come out, but I'm ne- I've never been more happy for something I didn't think would happen. Um, I, I'm very excited for it. Uh, I love the way AEW uses legends. Um, I've said this many times. It's perfect. You you use them to bring to you know put them alongside someone new or to you know in a way like Arn is being used with Cody. I mean, there's a way to use them beautifully. Because nostalgia is important in pro wrestling, you you know, but it has to be done right. And I think AEW gets that. And um, I credit Cody for a lot of that just because of his uh, love of old school, but also being very much a proponent of wanting the new uh, talent to shine. So, um, but yeah, I, as far as what happened, oh my gosh, like, you know, as someone who loves Cody as much as I do, it, it hurt, you know, those words hurt me. And you know, I, I don't know. I'm still processing it, to be honest, um, trying to figure out who I think might be the client. And, you know, to, to come out and disrespect Cody on such a level, my brain is more like, of course, I'm trying to figure out who the client is, but I'm trying to figure out what this means for Cody. Because, you know, clearly someone new's coming in. Clearly Cody's going to be the one that goes goes with this person in the start of, you know, for their AEW debut, but my brain is focused on, like, okay, I, I, especially because I don't know who the client is, I can't help but think, okay, wait, where is this going for for Cody? Like, so I am just lost right now, and I need more. (laughs) You want to know something, uh, you know, something crazy? I, and, and this was a comparison I had. Cody is like the AEW Undertaker. And I haven't said this on the show before. The reason I say it is, once the Undertaker's streak got going on, the streak became the title. You know what I mean? Everyone would come in every year, and they were like, okay, I'm going to end your streak. It actually, to a point in some years, was more important. Trying to end under, Undertaker's streak was more important than the WWE title. That's yes. kind of what position Cody's in right now. You know, he is the face of AEW. So every new guy, every bad guy, every person that comes in the company is going to try to make their name by going after who? Cody. Cody. So going after Cody and beating Cody almost has become more important than the world title, even though the world title is super important. But generally, if someone's coming in, wouldn't they go after the world champion? You know, but yeah, no, you would think the way this company yeah. is set up, the way it is set up, it's almost more important to go after the face. 
and Cody is the face of AEW. I don't care what anyone says. I'm not saying he's the most important person in AEW. You might, you know. I'm saying he is. No, I'm kidding. We can agree (laughs) to disagree on that because, you know. But he is the face of the company, and I think most people would agree with that. He's the voice of the company. When things are said at the company, it is not Tony or anyone else in the elite talking. It is Cody responding. So when any person comes in, it is important to go after the face of the company. And that is what Jake and his client are doing. I am looking forward to it. Like I said, it's just like I said, it's just weird because it seems like it's such a vocal point. Cody's matches matter, which are great. Like MJF, uh, we'll talk about this in a minute, but he managed to beat Cody and you see who his next you know, who, who his next target is. And like I said, we'll talk about it shortly. So after that impressive thing that had everybody talking, people are still talking about it. We had the Bastard Pock versus Chuck Taylor, a.k.a. Chucky T, uh, in a singles match. Uh, they actually put on a really good match. Chuck Taylor's one of the yeah, people that could go, and Pock's one of the best wrestlers in the world. But we got to get to the end where uh, Chuck Taylor goes for uh, a moonsault, but he missed. Pac uh, then put in the brutalizer submission and got the w- victory. After the match, you know, Pac's still holding on to the move, and uh, Trent gets in to face up with Pac, or Pack, excuse me. And um, Orange Cassidy comes in, pushes Trent out the way, and he starts sharing, uh, staring down Pac. And then the Lucha Bros come in and attack for the second time. And it's like, you're wondering what's going on. What are the Lucha Bros and Pac? Why do they got in common? Because first, Pac kind of looks like he didn't know why they were out there. Then they all started jumping. Pac gets on the mic and announced that they have formed a new alliance that will be called Death Triangle or Triangle de la Muerte. I actually looked that up just so I could say it on the show. But the Death Triangle, what do you think about this new group? I am excited. I love the name. I think it's great. I, I, I am so much a fan of alliances and factions. This is not news to anyone. Um, I've said for so long, even before AEW came to be, that I miss factions in pro wrestling. I love factions. Um, anyone who joins a faction automatically is uh, boosted up from just being a random person. You can still wrestle singles. You can wrestle tag. You can do anything you can do as a singles person. But when you're with a faction, you get purpose, and it it just helps elevate people. So I love factions and alliances. It's always been something that I've been a fan of. So once again, just another alliance to make, you know, you you, and people, like, want to see the Lucha Bros on TV. Well, here we go. We have them aligning with PAC, and it's going to be, I think it's going to be great. And I love the name. Like, I, I will say we have another shape. We have the inner circle and now the death triangle. So I wonder what the next one will be. No, I'm kidding. But, but um, no, truthfully, I love it. I think it's going to be a badass stable. You've got three of the, the most, I mean, all three of them. It, and it's like, you know, it's the Lucha Bros are super popular, but it makes, it just somehow makes sense seeing them three together. I think it's going to be great. And I'm, I'm just really, really excited. Um, for it because of the fact, again, that I just, I absolutely love alliances. I think it makes pro wrestling far more fun to watch and interesting when you have the factors of who's going to join or who's going to defect. And like I said, it just makes people who maybe weren't 
couldn't have a right place on the show in that time. Like, they join a faction, they've already got elevated. So it's, it's great. And so I'm really excited for it. Um, I've heard people kind of mention this, and I don't, know that, I don't know that it's really even a rumor or more just people hoping, but I can't help but hope it myself that seeing another um, trio form that maybe at some point AEW will introduce a trios championship, which I think would be super cool. So that's just something that kind of came to mind. And I saw some people tweeting about it when we have another trio that formed. So, yeah, I, I'm all for it. And uh, when they just brutalized Orange Cassidy, I feel like, you know, I feel like there's fans that love Orange Cassidy. Clearly he is over. I mean, I, you can't take that away from him. But there's also fans that just can't stand the whole thing. Like, you know, you either get it or you don't. And I'm kind of in the middle. I'm just I'm indifferent to it, I should say. But I feel like that moment was kind of for the people that – aren't getting it, and they got to see him just, like, kind of absolutely brutalized, and I'm sure some people enjoyed that, and then, of course, far more didn't because they love him, but either way, I thought the whole segment played out really well, and Death Triangle being a thing is I am here for it. Yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to say, just for people that didn't know, that name, Triangle de la Muerte, or Death Triangle, is uh, Penta and Ray's trainer uh, was a member of that group, uh, was a member of that group in Mexico, and they you cho- chose the name to honor him. So that's awesome. So there, is, there is no sh- shaped themed, uh, shaped themed factions. There, you're not going to find about the rectangle of death or anything like that later. <laughs> I was kidding. It was a joke. No, actually, you know what I know so funny? I plan to address this, and I actually wrote this down as a note because somebody was making – I saw that joke so many times. So, oh, wow. Okay. So I saw that <laughs> yeah, so many totally times. So I literally put it in the show notes to reference to let everyone know that there is a reason that they're named the Death Triangle. But <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to get the uh, the rectangles of whatever. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, no, it's not going to. It's not coming down like that. Um, uh, then we get the video for Sean Spears and Tully Blanchard. Uh, Sean Spears is looking for a tag team partner. Hashtag search for Spears. Only reason I bring this up, you should go to Twitter. Do hashtag search for Spears. Some of the these are, are these are wrestler videos. I'm guessing they're going to actually choose a wrestler. Uh, and there's some very uh, videos in there. My favorite is Simon Miller from What Culture because I am a person. Every week, right after AEW, as soon as they get the uh, show up, you know, the, like next morning, I watch ups and downs every week. Simon Miller, the What Culture Wrestling, I just find him very entertaining. He is well put together. I think they would make a great tag team. Good, some good pro- cross promotional there. But yeah, do search hashtag search for Spears. See some very entertaining videos. We then get QT Marshall, uh, accompanied by Brandy Rhodes and the uh, Natural Dustin Rhodes. That's another trio: Cody, QT, and Dustin. Just saying. And uh, versus the Inner Circles, Big Hurt. Jake Hager, who comes out to the ring with Santana Ortiz. Uh, again, I mean, the whole idea of factions, it's, this is why it works. Even when you're not on the show, you're on the show. You know what I mean? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, pretty basic match. Uh, Hager ends up tapping out uh, QT with his uh, arm and choke, uh, arm and choke submission, or arm and neck choke submission. And then uh, then we get all hell kind of broke loose. Uh, Dustin came in to break up 
Hager told. Santana Ortiz come in, of course, start attacking Dustin. Cody ran down, and he's clearing, uh, clearing the ring. Then he gets hit with a chair by Santana, and they're beating on them. Then Matt Jackson comes out and super kicks everybody. And then uh, he gets taken out by uh, Jake, uh, Jake Hager. Hangman uh, stumbles out, uh, puts his drink on the post, takes his time, flips over, and then he gives the old buckshot lariat to Jake Hager and clears the rest of the ring. Uh, Matt Jackson tried to shake Hangman's hand. Hangman gives him the old middle finger and then left to grab some beers from the fan. He's like, dude, they done gave me like $1,000 worth of beer. It was just kind of funny that he said that. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did you think of this whole segment? Um, I thought it was, I, I mean, I, I, I enjoy seeing, I'm really excited, first of all, for the Natural Nightmares um, to see QT and Dustin as a team and then putting Brandy in there as their kind of manager. It's perfect. It's exactly what needs to happen because, as we've discussed, I we love Arn being Cody's coach, and I don't know that, uh, you know, having two managers out there, um, and I love seeing Brandy with Cody, but for me personally, like, it, it, it should be one or the other because then it becomes a little too much at ringside. So I love that the Nightmare family, the faction of that is definitely a thing, but that, you know, we've got, and I think it's a cool, you know, it's, it's different seeing Brandy with QT and Dustin. Like, I really think this is going to work. I think the fans are going to really kind of start to fall in love with QT because he's very talented, he's very likable, and then you have him paired with Dustin. So, like, to me, that's just a win because everybody loves, uh, every, you know, everybody loves Dustin. I don't know anyone who doesn't. And if you don't love Dustin, I think there's something wrong with you. So, but the segment itself, um, I think you said that uh, Santana hit Cody with the chair. I'm pretty sure it was Ortiz because that sets up the match for uh, ah, next yes, week. Which is going to be Cody versus, yeah, Cody versus Ortiz, which I am so excited for but uh sticking with the segment itself i love those segments that AEW brings us they're not all the time but when they happen it's just like i I try to live tweet the show because i really enjoy live tweeting it i get excited i interact with people people seem to like my tweets so i enjoy it and that was one of those segments where i literally tried to tweet like five or six times because i was like cody's coming out wait wait, backspace backspace okay he just got wait wait like i couldn't even form a tweet till after because Everything was happening at once, and it was just exciting. And then, like like Floyd said, Hangman comes out, so you still have that. You know, Nick wasn't there, but Matt was there. And I just love that, you know, it's almost like the elite and Nightmare family are kind of um, a sort of a kind of bonded uh, factions. Like, even though you have Cody with the Nightmare family, Cody with the elite, but it sort of all goes together because we've seen Dustin, you know, with the Bucks back, you know, in the fall. So, I mean, it, it's I love that. And it, and it's kind of one of those, you don't know who's going to come out. So seeing Matt come out was really exciting. And then Hangman, and he flips off Matt. I mean, it's, to me, it, it's just, uh, it's exciting. And like Floyd said, when you have these factions and you get to bring people into the show, like we got more Cody, which was great. And I didn't, I mean, I honestly like didn't know if he'd come out after what he went, you know, had Jake, the snake robbers come out and just ver- verbally attack him. So, I mean, it was exciting sets up a great match for next week Cody versus Ortiz I am always going to be so happy when I can get a singles match on Dynamite with Cody and it's a match we've never seen before so I am very excited for that but yeah overall I thought the segment more than did its job I think it was uh absolutely exciting and uh, yeah very very good segment and I love I just I love the uh 
the alliances and also continuing that that bit with uh, Hangman in that. Like, clearly this isn't over there. So, again, just, just a brilliant segment. I love when AEW does those segments where you're just like, you can't keep up with it because there's so much going on. Yes, when good guys, a.k.a. Cody, see injustice happen, they have to do something about it. That, that brings me to our next segment, the Angry Floyd moment of the week. All right. Uh-oh. The main event. Now, all right, so we got John Moxley and uh, John Moxley and Darby Allen versus Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. So, Jericho, we get – it's a two-Judas night. Those are always good nights. Uh, Jericho and Guevara come out. Then we get Darby Allen comes out. He's super popular, and everyone loves him. But we're going to have to find out something about Darby Allen. John Moxley music hit, and you see John Moxley coming down the crowd. All of a sudden, he is jumped by three masked individuals. The masked individuals turned out to be Hager and – Santana Ortiz, and they're beating the shit out of John Moxley. Uh, huh. You know what would be great right here? Is if his partner had his back. Wouldn't that be amazing? But we get a shot from the crowd of Darby Allen literally watching on the video as his partner's getting the crap beat out of him. Doing nothing about it. How does this make sense to anyone? <laughs> Tiffany, do you have any? any I, I didn't even really. I, I think I swore they said something that whoever was out there when that was happening, like, did something like gave Darby a move or something. I, I nope. almost like 99% sure. He was literally like, I watched it back. He was literally standing outside watching him get beat up on the video. Yeah, I mean, I you're right. I, I think that, I mean, I don't know. I didn't really think about it because I, I think that the bigger moment was just to put Darby in the spotlight against two people and have him shine. So I'm okay with it because it gave us that moment for him, kind of similar that no one came out to, like, try and help Darby. Um, I, I think for me, I was just looking at the bigger picture, so it didn't really bother me the way it bothers you. I see your point, though. Like, it was a little surprising. But, I mean, to Darby's defense, it could come off that, you know, he didn't want to take a loss since wins losses matter in AW. If he leaves the ring, who knows if they would have, you know, counted him out, lose the match. I mean, instead, he stayed there and took on two people and, and killed it. So, worst I don't know. I, I tag team didn't bother ever. me. Worst tag team partner ever. Uh, it's literally the reason when I was growing up, again, it's a, it's a pet peeve for me. The reason I went for heels when I was growing up is because, and I think I've told people this before, when you were a heel, and I would root for Dusty, Sting, all of them, right? Dusty would get jumped by the horseman, and Dusty would just be out there getting jumped by the horseman. And then anyone tried to jump Ric Flair, the horseman would come out and have his back. So even in my child head, I was like, I want to be the bad guy because the bad guy's friends have his back. The good guy gets his ass kicked. So this was like all flooding back to me as as uh, I see John Moxley getting his ass kicked three on one. And I see Darby Allen in the crowd like, hey, how's it going? How's it going? Keep getting beat up like that. I'm just like, 
what is going on? The point of being a face is when injustice is happening, you cannot let it happen. I don't know. I was. I, I, I don't know. Darby doesn't. Darby's not a face like that, though. So I don't know. It didn't bother me at all. Darby's so come I think out. We'll like, have to disagree on this one. Darby's come out like the last three weeks to save people. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, okay. I don't know what to say. <laughs> it didn't bother me. I know I it didn't bother you. Darby I understand goes, it didn't yeah. bother you. But Darby, <laughs> so Darby, Darby Allen is a horrible person, uh, but uh, you know, a horrible friend and partner. Great wrestler, because then he goes on in this match to put on a star-making uh, handicap performance. Again, there's I will always say there will be stuff that bothers certain people in wrestling that won't bother anybody. And then there's going to be stuff that bothers me, which generally I'm out on the ledge on my own on this one. But, yes, this match, he put on a hell of a match. Now I will tell you the moment of the match for me is he's fighting with Sammy Guevara. And at this moment, if he had a tag team partner, he would generally cross the ropes and then, you know, jump and do the tag and get the hot tag, right? With Darby Allen in his infinite awesomeness and wisdom, stands up to the corner, does all the motions like he's hot tagging, then hot tags himself. <laughs> And then does a hot tag, like all the like the moves that goes with the hot tag. I have literally never seen that before, and that was fucking that was brilliant. Awesome. <laughs> it was. I like. I will give him shit for what happened at the beginning all day, but his performance in this match was amazing, and you know, and that like I said, the hot tag to himself was crazy. Uh, him and Sammy Guevara, I can very much see wrestling for the AEW world title a few years from now. If you know, yeah, I could definitely see cause they are definitely the future of this company. But, uh, Darby was in his excitement. He, he telegraphed the move, telegraph jumping through the second ropes to Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho. And like the, he did it so quickly the announce team missed it. He pulled off a Judas effect, an anti-air Judas effect on Darby Allen, rolled him in the ring, and Sammy Guevara got the pin. And uh, so they're still attacking Darby. And Moxley comes, and, you know, they're all in the ring. Moxley comes out with the chair to swing on everyone. The inner circle gets the best of him. Then they do a triple powerbomb from the stage, through the tables, and and then they do the shield thing, but instead of putting in their fists, they put in middle fingers and point them at Moxley. Moxley does not leave the building on his own two feet. What did you think about all of this? Start with Darby's performance. Um, Darby was amazing. I think that, for me, sometimes with wrestling, I think I've learned over the last 30-plus years that you sometimes just have to spend that belief and let little things go like the him not going backstage because if he would have ran up and helped Moxley, then we don't get that amazing, you know, two-on-one match. I mean, it, it's one of those things that I'm willing to overlook for the bigger picture. So, like, you know, for me, that didn't bother me. Um, and that's just something as a wrestling fan. I'm not saying that you don't have valid points. I definitely want to make sure that you know that I agree with you that logically that it's wrestling. So sometimes you just have to let those moments go because – they wanted to take Mox out so that Darby could shine. So if that's where it was leading, 
I'm fine with it. So Darby shined. He's a star, and his the amount of fan support that he has and his talent, and he, you know, um, a lot of people know that, you know, I was all growing up very much a big Jeff Hardy fan, and I pay this as the utmost highest compliment that I feel like Darby has a lot of Jeff qualities, and so it's a... Uh, it's great to see in the ring, you know, like that, that just, he's cool. It sounds corny, but he's just cool. You look at him and you, you like him. Like, it's hard not, like, I can't, I don't know. I, I, as far as I know right now, I don't know anyone who doesn't like Darby. And it's kind of with Jeff, how always had that too. Like people just love Jeff and Darby has that same likable star power ability. And he's, and he backs it up in the ring. He's so good. And the point, uh, the, <laughs> the talk that, um, Floyd talked about with the hot tag was just brilliant um, that Judas effect as Derby flew off uh, through the second rope was just brutal. I caught it the first time, and then, like Floyd said, it was so quick that the announcers didn't immediately. So, yeah, that was uh, that was terrifying because he nailed him. And everything that happened as far as Mox, you know, coming back out after Darby lost and Mox doesn't walk out on his own. We end with the middle fingers, um, the triple power bomb. It was, it was just, I thought it was really done well. And as we talked about at the beginning of the show, um, even though Floyd definitely didn't fall for it, I think the majority, majority of us did, but a brilliant move by Chris Jericho kind of planting that seed at the beginning of dynamite, making you think, well, we kind of, you know, it's going to be cool to watch, but we kind of know where this is going because most, you know, obviously the internet kind of ruins things sometimes. People know Fozzie has a tour coming up. So they, and I believe even during the opening segment, I'm pretty sure Denver crowd were chanting Fozzie sucks. And clearly what Chris Jericho did worked because the crowd was chanting Fozzie sucks. So they were already mad that they kind of was like, well, this is it. This is out. He's going to be gone for 60 days. However, did not happen. Jer- Chris Jericho's brilliant. He uh, definitely got a lot of us hook, line, and sinker, and we get the show ending with Moxley clearly not leaving the arena on his own, so now we wait for next week to see what happens next. And as your crack researcher uh, for this uh, for this show, I did when and checked forward to get ready for the show and to let you know not one of Fozzie concerts is on Wednesday. Yeah, that's true too. So this may not even affect anything. <laughs> yes, I mean I went through. But people and I think li- they're smarter than they are. So. Yeah, I went through the calendar and I'm like, I went all the way to August. Not one of his concerts is on Wednesday. So. Yeah, Chris I, Jericho's always doing things. It's not like he uh, goes yeah. on Wednesday and then just goes home. Like he's constantly doing stuff. So I can very much see him you know, continuing to be there and still do the tour. So yeah. we may get, may get lucky, and I hope that happens. Um, but, yeah, we, we also, don't forget, we need to talk about MJF's uh, backstage oh! interview. Oh, I, I literally saw it's on my list, and I skipped over it. I mean, it makes sense to skip over MJF. I get it, but we probably should talk about it. Dude, this, this interview was, <laughs> this was 80s heel all the way, uh, single cam, you know, got uh, got Wardlow in the back. He cuts the promo. He uh, says he's going after John Moxley. He's like, I don't. He actually doesn't care who the world champion is. He's going to be the greatest world champion in the history of wrestling. He didn't even say AEW. The history of wrestling, and <laughs> most important, the line at the end where he says. 
he has on, he has a shirt that says, I pin Cody. And he's like, man, this shirt is obnoxious. It's distracting. Uh, it's it's, it's uh, over the top. It's distracting. Kind of like a neck tattoo. Disgusting. MJF. Yeah, MJF. that was very much uncalled for MJF. We are not friends, so I, I don't have much to say other than that MJF is terrible. He's a terrible person. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, if I set aside my personal bias, it was really, really a good promo. It, it did. It, I mean, it's it, it's exactly what it needed to do. You kind of still, he made sure he had the I pin Cody shirt. He talked about a bigger picture for himself, but it still leaves that possibility of us revisiting Cody and MJF, um, whether it's, you know, farther down the road, if it's at double or nothing, kind of like their entire feed has been. There's been the parts where, you know, it's almost like a, small, a little break from it, and then we revisit it because I think Cody will still get his revenge at some point, but it, it's, um, you know, we don't have to continue it every week on Dynamite or it might get a little bit where people are, you know, okay, can we do something else? But they, they already have. So that feud's so beautifully done that it's been well over a year and it still has potential to move forward if people want to see it. But you have things like Jake the Snake coming out, you know, with Cody and talking about his client. You have MJF talking about world champion. I mean, you don't have to continue it on a weekly basis for it to still be a thing. And I love that. I absolutely love that. But I will go on record in saying, if you didn't watch my, my video from Heart of the Elite uh, last week, I love Cody's tattoo. Cody's body, it's his body. He can do whatever he wants with it. No one, absolutely no one has a say in what he does, what anyone does with their body, whether it's hair dye, what they wear, a tattoo, a piercing, none of your business. So if you don't like it, then you don't talk about it. Moving forward, Floyd, what did you think about MJF? I thought the promo was great. Like I said, straight. It, it felt like it was at a time capsule. I thought the shirt was awesome. I would never buy it. And if you buy the shirt, you are not my friend. But, uh, <laughs> yes, uh, I thought yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, I that. Uh, that was It all. was a good throwback to the Dusty Eats Eggs one. I think I can't remember who wore that way back in the day. But it was definitely a, it was, it was a great old school, like, heel moment. And it was he did it perfectly. It was just great. Yes, it was a rare form. Uh, it was rare form for MJF. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was very, I was like super, like it was like one of those things that he's just so good at it. Uh, there was a little controversy this week. Uh, looks like uh, there was a clout grab. Uh, parents complaining about uh, interaction with uh, parents complaining about an interaction with MJF. Was it was it at C two E two? Yeah, it and, was. And he gave the kid a middle finger. Uh, and it was... Not the first time he's done that, by the way. Not the first time he's done it. Uh, it was it was hilarious to me. It's just, like I said, it's a clout chase. Because you know when you sign up for MJF what you're getting. Enough people have Absolutely. told you all what you're getting. Uh, quickly, uh, for Dark next week, they recorded Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy versus Peter Avalon, Kip Sabian. Havoc versus Severino Carantina. Uh, Carenta is a local guy. And then Hikaru Shida versus Abaddon. And actually, uh, Kenny actually retweeted that she did a good job. So definitely check out Dark. And the Looking last, forward to that. The last thing we're going to talk about really quick. Uh, what have they announced for uh, uh, AEW or Dynamite next week? 
Next week on Dynamite, hold on, I had it right in front of me, and then I started to scroll. We have Cody going one-on-one with Ortiz. We're going to have the debut of the Death Triangle taking on Joey Janela in Private Party. Jurassic Express is going to take on MJF, the Butcher, and the Blade, and we are going to get the official rule to Blood and Guts, which is happening May 25th in New, New Jersey. So we are going to find out exactly what that match will entail which I'm pretty excited about because they kind of made the point of saying, you think you know, but no, you don't know. So this is going to be very, uh, probably very old school, very reminiscent of what we originally expect from that match. So I'm very, very excited for that. Obviously very excited for Cody to have a one-on-one match with Ortiz, get to see the Lucha Brothers and Pac together for the first time and as a trio. Uh, Janela and Private Party, that should be an interesting, I kind of think it could work as far as, a trios team too and again and if there's ever a possibility of trios championship and you have a team like private party that maybe doesn't have a spot in the tag team division at that time someone like joey janela who is not to say lost in the singles division but it's just you know you have one show a week right now and hopefully we'll get our second show soon but you do something like a trios championship again like a faction it, it puts people on tv that may maybe weren't before and gives it purpose so we'll see what happens there and then yeah the jurassic express and uh butcher blade um and mjf so we get to see mjf in action as well so it's already shaping up to be one heck of a dynamite that we've come to expect so i'm, I'm already counting down yep it's going to be a super exciting dynamite before we get out of here which we only got a few minutes left just want to go over uh, this week, uh, Wrestling Observer Newsletter uh, put out their award winners, their yearly reward winners. And this is the Wrestling Observer is Dave Meltzer's uh, website and podcast. And he uh, puts this out every year. It's his uh, readers actually voting on it. This is not Dave. And generally, if you're a member of Wrestling Observer Newsletter, you're a pretty hardcore fan. We have our, you know, our podcast has an account. That's how I keep up with a lot of things, the comings and goings. AEW cleaned up. Chris Jericho, just, these are just the Jericho Awards. He won the Luthez Ric Flair Award for Wrestler of the Year. He ran the United States Canada MVP. He won Best Box Office Draw and Most Charismatic. He also won Best on Interviews. Cody was robbed. I just want to say that. I love Chris Jericho. Absolutely agree. <laughs> but last year, the most talked about promos in anywhere were Cody's promos. I just, I, that just like irked. He was a very close second, I will say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, But still, but still, he should have been number one. I agree. <laughs> he definitely should have been number one. Best major wrestling show was A-Double-Double uh, Nothing from Vegas. We then we got the rookie of the year was Jungle Boy. The Mexico MVP was Ray Phoenix. The tag team of the year was Lucha Bros. And the promoter of the year was Tony Khan. Actually, Tony BK. Khan got second in Booker of the year. He got second in Booker of the year. That's crazy. Like, literally what you would call his first year as a Booker and his first year as a promoter, he wins promoter of the year, and he gets second in booker of the year. Gato's won like 10 years in a row. It's going to be really hard to uh, get rid of Gato. Uh, I think Excalibur was second behind Kevin Kevin Kelly and announcer of the year. So it was a 
big. That's huge too. That's awesome. Yeah, big, big first a uh, first year for AEW match of the year. I believe Dustin and Co- uh, Dustin and Cody from Double or Nothing got third place, which is hey, that's still that's solid because what you're talking about these are the hardcore of the hardcore wrestling fans or wrestling nerds as they are uh, some people refer to them. But yeah, it was a great year for AEW. Uh, if you want to, definitely check out Wrestler Observer newsletter. Uh, Dave Meltzer uh, does a great job. So, hey, that's that's perfect. Uh, did you have any thoughts on the awards? I'm just a, very proud to see such dominance from AEW. I think it's definitely well deserved, and just proof that you know they're doing something that's working, and it's only going to get better. So, I was very excited, and of course, I agree with you. I was very surprised. Um, Jericho is just, he's the best at what he does, and I definitely agree with everything he got, except I could see him being number two in, in terms of the interview. I thought Cody, you know, and this is, I know I'm very biased, but you, you have The Rock praising you after that promo he cut um, back in, you know, the fall, and, you know, that that was huge, and, and all of Cody's promos have just been absolutely stellar, so it, I'm a little surprised that he didn't win, but it is Chris Jericho, so not mad about it, but I definitely would have put Cody at number one. But other than that, I mean, just phenomenal. Like, yeah. TK, I mean, great. Just amazing to see what he's doing for pro wrestling. Yeah, my, and my whole thing was I am not taking anything away from Jericho. Cody was robbed because his promos blew up the Internet. They were shared and tweeted, yeah, like, through the Internet. I'm talking about the one that he cut on MJF, the one that he uh, did yep. uh, did on Jericho, the Ellis Island one about saying uh, the blood and guts one uh, about the word blood and guts. Every time Cody cut a promo, it became newsworthy. It was replayed again on different sites. It was clipped down. So I'm just saying it seemed like as far as the interview year, it seems like an interview year he had the best one. But Absolutely agree. That is all the time we have for today. Tiffany, thank you for being on the show. Uh, Tiffany wrote uh, what is it? it was like a letter to Tony Khan. I actually yeah. haven't got a chance to read it yet, which I'm a bad friend for that. I, I recognize that. Um, <laughs> You're fine. But I have retweeted it out from the page. Uh, she wrote a letter to Tony Khan. Go and read it, share it, retweet it. Hopefully TK can get to see it. Uh, make sure you're watching Heart of the Elite with Tiffany. Uh, again, you know, she is the heart and soul of all elite wrestling. You have to, you know, definitely make sure you listen to that and follow her at All Elite Tiffany. Uh, I think I think we can get you to 10,000 followers this year. You need that. I, I, it might happen. That would be pretty neat. Um, I will say real quick, the letter, um, if you just go to heartoftheelite.com, I actually do have my own website. Um, I don't write often, but when I do, it's usually pretty in-depth and uh, meaningful to me. So if you did want to read that letter to Tony Khan and share it, you can find it very easily by just going to heartoftheelite.com. Or, of course, uh, like Floyd said, on all of our Twitters, um, everyone has retweeted it, and I appreciate that. So if he sees it or not, I'm just so happy that people read it and and mainly feel that it represents how they feel also. So very cool that it was received so well. So thank you, people, everybody, for that. All right. And, again, make sure you're following us at AT Elite Pod. I generally share or retweet pretty much what Tiffany and Amy say a lot through the day. 
I occasionally have good thoughts of my own, so that works out too. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> make sure you're downloading the show. And if you have any questions, make sure you get them to us. So for Tiffany, it is Floyd telling you whether it's home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.